This is Indian Art History by Mash Podcast. Hello and welcome. I am Ayushi and you are listening to Indian Art History by Mash Podcast. Now there is very little evidence from which we can draw information about the material culture and the arts of the Vedic society which in fact were the founding years of Hinduism. The literary sources however talk about the arts that were practiced. Just like today at that time also society's elite had more access to it through education and as a way of living. The texts uh, talk about ornately built palaces with carvings and wall paintings. They mention the usage of gold, ivory, silver, and pigments in the paintings as well. To elaborate, Vedic Aryans did not have an urban culture, but they were very skilled technicians, uh, carpenters, bronze smiths, weavers, and pottery makers. They were highly efficient and produced numerous kinds of objects which have been mentioned again and again in Vedic literature. In fact, these skills and professions have often been used as metaphors in hymns dedicated to gods and goddesses, not just once but many times. The Vedic literature refers to several crafts, craftsmen, technique of making artifacts and finished goods. Weaving was an important occupation. Rig Veda contains words that specifically differentiates between the process of weaving, the weaver, the loom and the weaver's shuttle. They extensively used wool mentioned as urna which now we colloquially uh, call oon in Hindi. The wool of Gandhara now was supposed to be very expensive. The Aryans also wore garments made out of cotton and deer skin. There were three parts to their garment: nivi, the undergarment; vasa, the garment; and adivasa, the overcoat of sorts. There are so many references in the Veda that have emphasized women as weavers and spinners. Economically, weaving was considered a very resourceful work, which directly brought prosperity. This made the weaver very respectful in the society and on, and also financially very well placed. It must have offered a financially independent position to the women who must have practiced the profession of weaving. It was also considered a spiritual work as we see many analogies where seers and saints have been compared to weavers and also the process of weaving as a beautiful profound product of hard labor. Color dyeing was also known and considered equally important. it tells us the knowledge of colors and pigments among the vedic societies women gained excellency in color dyeing too the vedic textile artists had also developed the art of embroidery and the malleable nature of gold and silver was recognized well by these embroiders for gold and silver was beaten to make into thin wires and was used as thread this brought in the use of needles which was made by the blacksmith 
they provided metalware like plows, sickles, swords, and fine needles. Rig Veda mentions the knowledge of extracting and purifying ores of different kinds of metals, while the later Vedic texts also talk about alloying and forging. They also provided sacrificial metal pots. The carpenters and craftspeople built houses, chariots, wagons, and household utensils, and also furniture. The Ratkaras, that is the wagon and the chariot makers, enjoyed a high status in the society. The Ratkaras and also the carpenters were sort of close collaborators because of the similar nature of their professions. There are mentions of many bamboo forests in the Vedic times and naturally they harvested the bamboo and used it to make houses and baskets. Women used knives to cut the bamboo in strips and used it to weave baskets. There are mentions of gold earrings, bangles, necklaces and anklets which both men and women wore. Gold was also gifted to gods during yagyas aka fire rituals and leatherware was used in shoes and containers. Tanning of hide was also known. The pottery making art was considered important and rotating wheels were used to make the clay pots and the potter used water to smoothen the surface. They also mixed it with animal hair fibers to make the earthenware more durable. After the pot was mildly dry, it was returned to the wheel to finish its base. They were exposed to fire. Different words have been used to describe the knowledge of different types of vessels that were used for different purposes. Now, Kalash or Kalas, uh, which we still use in many Hindu rituals, finds a very special mention in Rig Veda. They had a specific vessel for each task. For example, they had a specific vessel for storing sacrificial water and milk. For drinking water, there was something else. Uh, for somaras, there was something else. And for extracting water from the well or a tank, the kind of utensil that was used was different from, say, the utensil used for cooking. So there was a general sense of design amongst the utensil-making craftsmen as well. They traded in terms of barter with states and countries of the nearby land. They were very fond of Soma, a sacrificial drink more like wine which was obtained from a mysterious plant that grew in the mountains. But it's unlikely because the plant is mentioned with leaves that grow near water. They had a stronger drink called Sura in some of the sacrifices. The drink was considered holy and intoxicated those who consumed it. It was mostly consumed while conducting rituals and was treated as the elixir of life. We do not know much about the authors of these texts either. It looks like the Vedic tradition focused more on the ideas rather than the authors. This in a way puts more emphasis on the sutra rather than the sutradhar. 
with no ownership of an author written in a preaching style also makes the vedic literature sound like the words of the god the ultimate word of truth and the way of life this brings us to the question of who writes the story and what does that person write about it is obvious that the vedas were written by the priestly class whose job description consisted of chanting hymns performing fire sacrifices and telling people what to do basically imparting the knowledge in the form of vedas we can say that rapid urbanization and an intellectual revolution challenged the vedic traditions and in turn questioned the profundity of death their pursuit led them to arrive at two precepts samsara that is the reincarnation and karma that is the moral duty bound to the actions these precepts were dependent on each other a person's standing in the samsara will be directly proportional to his or her past actions in the lived life this conceptualized a cyclical motion to life and instituted it with morality good fortune to those who can find their actions on the cornerstones of high morality that is good and vice versa to those who do not In the later stages the economies backed by artisan clusters of the Aryan communities gained more traction as merchants started traveling across the various kinships the people no longer depended on pastoral agrarian economy but developed a system of exchange through money slowly the geopolitics was also changing as more enterprising rulers established their rule over north india they formed bigger states by absorbing and engulfing smaller tribal republics they like to call these states mahajanpads urban cities engulfed the forest land by 200 bce buddhism emerged as a religion with very strong patronage of the modern empire the strong patronage supported by a strong religious ideology gave freedom to artists to imagine creatively and thus started the very strong presence of buddhist art in india thank you so much you are listening to indian art history by mash podcast